Hey guys, welcome to Journey Podcast. I'm your host Smita Kanturi. You're going to hear a new segment in Journey Podcast as Coach It Forward. Hope you guys enjoy. Hello everybody. I have Benjamin Fincher with me today. He is a live your dream coach. The name itself is very interesting for me, so I definitely wanted to deep dive uh, with what he's going to do with us. He has a background in podcasting and have recorded over 50 episodes with guests. Dungeons and Dragons is a campaign that he has run for more than a year on science of manifestation by creating 50 vision boards successes. Thank you for being here Benjamin and welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. In when I was reading your introduction, I was so intrigued in uh reading two things. One is your name itself like your live your dream coach and the second one is like manifestation by creating uh the vision boards i'm really really interested to hear both the topics before we actually get into those topics is there any story for you to start being a mentor and then a coach in this line of work yeah so to kind of tell that story um you know a few years back i think it's about 7 years i took this class i was homeschooled all growing up Uh, so never went to public school, but I did take a online um, classes my senior year of high school, and one of those classes was a personal leadership class, and the guy teaching the class was living in Costa Rica at the time, and you know I'm in Utah, and I'm just like whoa, like this guy is like in a completely different country. Whoa, that's cool, <laughs> and it opened my mind up to a lot of possibilities that I had no idea existed. Um, you know I was. you realized oh wait you can like help people to live a better life and make a, a living off that and you know you can live a lot of different places in the world and do that and so you know it started to open my mind up to that and the kind of sad thing is i actually threw those ideas and that dream under the bus for uh, about a year because i thought that there was a big process like you had to go get a college degree that had nothing to do with that to be able to get hired on at places doing that um a year later i came across this other guy barely graduated high school never went to college or anything and he just you know with himself figured out how to do th- things to make himself better and start teaching that to others and i realized oh wait you don't need a college education that has nothing to do with helping people to be able to help people you can just help people and i was like cool let's do this um and so that's where i started wanting to be a mentor um i took a two year hiatus um did a religious service mission and then when i came back from that i was like okay let's be a mentor i started studying super hardcore and you know going to a bunch of seminars going to read a bunch of books listen to a bunch of trainings and stuff um and i think the one mistake i made is not hiring a personal mentor a personal coach at the time because i was trying to navigate this vast ocean on my own in my little ship and had no idea where to even look for land as if you will <laughs> so i was just floating along like oh here's something else okay put that in the boat oh here's something else put that in the boat and not really knowing how to use all of it i learned some of it and it helped um but it, it just got to the point where I had so much stuff in my boat as if you will and i'm just like how do you, i i what do i even focus on and so it became difficult for me for a time 
Um, but, but I still kept at it. I'm just like, okay, like I'll figure this out. And, you know, some moments where I kind of was like, oh, well, I need money. So let's go get a job. And um, but it was like, oh, I'm not I'm focusing on the job. I want to focus on being a mentor and a, a lot of back and forth, honestly. And then, you know, I'd see some limited success and then I'd be like excited and keep going. And then, you know, I'd lose focus again. And th that was my story for a couple of years. <laughs> and then, um, you know, this year I came across a coach and started working with him and he was like, hey, like, we got to get you focused and moving in a particular direction. Stop getting scattered all over the place. And that's where I was like, okay, like, let's be a coach now and less of a mentor. The, the difference between the two, explain briefly to you um, before we started, is a mentor focuses more on helping a person become a better person, um, where a coach focuses more on getting someone to a specific destination. And I could go into the, you know, roots and oranges, origins of those words, but... Um, unless you want me to go there we'll just leave that at that um so yeah i started be decided to change my focus to becoming a coach and i've been doing that recently and when i started i'm like oh yeah i'll be a live your purpose coach and then i'm like i'm not really feeling passionate about that i want to be a live your dream coach because you know that's what i realized gets me excited is helping people become the most they can be and that revolves around their dream and everyone has a dream i mean there was a very popular movie a few years back where that was one of the songs and it just i have a dream i have a dream <laughs> and, and you know i really like that part of that story where it focuses on you know it doesn't matter where you are in life you still have a dream um and i like helping people to um to be able to actually achieve it because so many of us go throughout life we ha maybe have an idea maybe don't have an idea of what we actually want to do i mean for me i knew i wanted to help people i didn't know in what capacity until i came across you know my first mentor but like happened to me i threw it under the bus i threw it under the rug because i thought it was unrealistic that's what happens with so many of us with our dreams. We go throughout life and we let life trample on our dreams. We let people around us trample on our dreams. That was my we, next question. Like, where do you start if people has a dream, but yeah, they're like surrounded with so many things. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So it, it can be really hard because, you know, maybe your dream is, let's say, be an astronaut. And recently, like, let's say five years ago, that was considered folly. It was considered pff, being an astronaut, are you crazy? The space program died back 50, like 20, 30 years ago. Like, we're not sending astronauts into space anymore. There's like 10. <laughs> you to become one of those 10, like, holy cow, that's ridiculous. Don't even dream of that. Where now fast forward five years to now you got people like elon musk me even jeff bezos and a handful of others are like let's go like 
Let's, let's get back up into space. Let's start populating the stars. Explore. Yep. And now all of a sudden, that dream that somebody might have had since they were a kid is now, quote unquote, a potential reality again. Even though it always was, it was shot down so much that people that had that dream that got buried so deeply that unless they clung to it for dear life, we probably don't even remember the dream that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I think the reason I bring that up is because I kind of had that dream of growing up as a kid. I'm just like, you know, it'd be super cool to be an astronaut. And then the more I learned about it, I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of scary. And that's a lot of work. And do I want to do that? And and now that, you know, SpaceX is out there like, oh yeah, we're just going to be shooting people up into space all the time and this, that, and the other. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, well, you know, maybe I won't gain the term astronaut because that's actually like, if you relate it to the nautical sailing on water, um, it's like being a sailor versus just being a passenger on a ship. But, you know, I still dream of being a spacefarer, a space traveler. Maybe I won't be the guy, you know, working the ship, but I could be on it. And I'd still be very, very fine with that. I mean, I'd say who wouldn't be, but I know enough people that are freaked out by the idea that, you know, <laughs> there are. Um, and there's so many other dreams. I mean, how many times do you hear the story of, oh, yeah, I wanted to be an artist or a musician or a writer or, a, you know, something along the lines of art? And then, and then my parents told me and my friends told me and my teachers told me and everyone around me told me, you're not going to be able to make any money off that. You're going to be broke. You better go get a job, better be an accountant, better be this side or the other, actually get a real job, you know, quote unquote, real job. And they throw that dream under the bus and they let it die there. So you, you, let's just say i'm coming to you and uh tell you like an unrealistic dream whatever that could be as you just mentioned like i want to be an astronaut or like i want a space travel or whatever that is having that dream from childhood is a different thing for my age right now or like from where i am today if i'm having such kind of a dream and come to you is there Anybody that you have ever men- ever thought, at least not mentioned to them, ever thought like, is this not unrealistic for them to think so much? Have you ever thought that way? Now, here's the interesting thing. It doesn't matter if I think that way, because the very thought existing in their head proves it's possible. I love that. I really love that. Yeah. And you know, those listening take that as with a lot of encouragement. The very thought, the thought, that thing in your head that's like, I can do this. You can do that. It might take a lot of work. It almost certainly will take a lot of work in getting your mind in the right place and all the other things entailed with it. But the very thought proves it's possible. I mean, you could take a couch potato guy and turn him into an Olympic athlete if he got himself lined up in his mind correctly. It's totally possible. It's maybe not realistic by most people's standards. Who cares about realistic? If it's in your mind, 
it can be real. So just because realistic is some arbitrary boundary people have put on this, yep. doesn't mean it actually exists. It's just what we perceive as the normal achievable distance. Okay, Thomas Edison kind of went outside that normal achievable distance. Uh, Henry Ford kind of went outside that normal achievable distance. Albert Einstein, Elon Musk. I mean, no one's talked about going into space seriously for I don't know how many years. Then Elon Musk comes along, he's like, yeah, why not? Let's do it. And now we're doing it. Like, okay, tell me that that's realistic. It's not. <laughs> and he's there building starships, blowing them up so that they blow up on the test instead of blowing up with people in them. And then, you know, getting it to the point to where it'll fly, come back, fly, come back, fly, come back perfectly each time, just like when you board an airplane. It takes a little while. The Wright brothers, that was totally unrealistic. Yeah. People laughed them to scorn. They're like, you think man can fly? Are you kidding me? We're not birds. And they're like, yeah, well, we want to try. And aren't we grateful we did that, that they did that? You don't have to sit on a boat for your months to get to the other side of the world. True, true. So if somebody is coming to you with a dream, they have a clarity on what the dream is and they think like it is achievable or like they just need a little tweaking on what they were thinking. Where do you start with them? What is the approach that you would take? Yeah, so the first thing is to build a desire underneath it. Mm-hmm to get it to the point where you're obsessive. If you think about your favorite artists, your favorite, um, you know, your favorite people in whatever industry, you know, you take Elon Musk, you take whatever your favorite musician is, you take whoever your favorite painter is, you take whoever your favorite writer is, any of these things, almost without fail, they're the people obsessed with what they do. They're the people that don't care what anyone else thinks. They're going for what they want because they want it. They've built that desire so strongly that they'll stop at nothing to get it. So it's a matter of building that fire underneath the person that comes to me and says, hey, I want to, you know, do this. I want to become an Olympic athlete or I want to, you know, scale Mount Everest or I want to, you know, start a business or I want to, whatever their dream is. And it's like, okay, well, are you obsessive about this? Probably not, because otherwise you'd be along the way. Let's get that fire going, that desire burning. Let's make it so you're obsessive and people look at you and they're like, what the heck is wrong with you? Like, where'd you come from? Where, why did you all of a sudden change? And then you can look at them and be like, I'm, I've got a dream. I'm going there. Like, uh, you're welcome to go for your dreams too, I'm not holding you back there. You have my permission. You have my full support, but stop with your naysaying on me because I'm going. And to get to that point where it doesn't matter what people say, you just go for it. How do you actually stop that kind of a thought? Let's just say even small kids, not kids. I'll give you my son's example. He wanted to work in media and then wanted to grow in that part and eventually he wanted to be a fashion designer and the way he thinks about it is entirely different from what the existing industrial standards at the moment mm-hmm. he explained stepwise he thought through he learned a lot which is all fine 
as a parent, I have this fear, like how long will this process take? And I don't really have any uh, money for him, for, for me to give it to him and say like, okay, cheers, your dreams or whatever. So I have to teach him responsibly in a way that he has to understand his dream can be alive. At the same time, he has to be responsible in taking care of his life as well. Mm-hmm. He's 21 right now. So for that kind of questions or for that kind of con- concerns, what would be your suggestion? Where do you think that this boundary line should be drawn? Yeah, so for a parent, like you're asking, I think some of the best, one of the best thoughts I've had on that is simply allow them. You're not letting them because letting implies that you could stop them. You're allowing them, which is to step aside and say, okay, go for it. I'll hear, you know, if you need support, I'm here. Go for it. Um, You know, that gets into a little bit of semantics with the words. But if you think about saying, oh, yeah, I'm allowing you to do that, you could think there's a permission attached behind it. And in some contexts, it feels that way. But if you compare allowing to letting, it's miles ahead of letting. (laughs) Because you're not letting them go for their dream. Because that implies that you are the one that has the permissions associated with that but allowing them, allowing them to go for their dream. That carries with it thoughts like support, like encouragement, like getting out of the road. And you're saying, hey, yeah, go ahead. It's like if a stream was in the mountains starting to form and you stood in front of it, you're not allowing that stream to move. You're stopping it where it is. Where if you're allowing it, you're standing off to the side watching it and you know, maybe you're clearing out a couple rocks or a couple plants in front of it to make it easier. And maybe you're just there watching and appreciating the beauty of what's happening. So does that kind of help answer your question there? Yes. And I have one more question on top of the same line. Yeah. So as a parent, even if I step aside, let's just say um, he started doing it. Of course, he's doing it now, like he's, he's trying to learn more and uh, explore the world more, which is fine. Though I am allowing him to do that, whenever somebody visits, as you were mentioning before, people, uh, judgments around are like, yeah, them stepping into your area and keep suggesting you like it has to be in a certain way. You're wasting time. How should a person process those kind of dialogues from the people around? I'm trying to chase my dream and I'm running out of time in their sense. Like I'm reaching out to my 30s, to my 35s party or whatever. For them to see me, I'm not settled in any way. I don't have a day job like them. I'm not getting a continuous paycheck or whatever that is. While I'm struggling with my own, uh, chasing with my own dream, how am I going to process with the other people's judgments or suggestions and all these things to my head? How do you suggest like yeah, people channel that energy? Reject it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really that simple. You just reject it. It's not oh. possible with every scenario to reject it. If it is like your own uh, family or like very close friends continuously sitting next to you and start telling you like, hey, you can't do this. You are not uh, okay to do that. 
I'll give you my example. Like when I wanted to start this podcast or when I wanted to come out with my story, everybody first uh, sense was like, why are you even doing this? And uh, at this age, is this really necessary for you to talk about something happened when you're like a little kid? For me, I, I chose to come out. I mean, that is my, my calling or whatever you wanted to call it as. I wanted to do it. But hearing to all those people, it was depressing at a point like, yeah, I wanted to do my own thing. Why are these people bothered about what I wanted to do? Who are they telling me? Like, even now when I'm continuing doing this, everybody talks about like, what are your numbers uh, doing all these things? Are you getting paid for any of these things? Or like, are you uh, getting any kind of benefits from it? For me to do this, I'm not actually, while I'm starting itself, it's not like I'm getting benefited financially or like having some kind of uh, support. I, I did not see it in that way. My vision for this is entirely different from what they're seeing. For me, sometimes to get into that kind of an argument with other people, like, hey, it's not your problem. Let me do it. I don't waste any of your time, any of your resources, any of whatever you wanted. It is my time, my learning, my life. So why do you bother? Sometimes I can't be that straight. Yes, as you said, like, yeah, reject. It's not that simple. So how do you say, like, at least I can handle that? Yeah, so I still stand by saying rejecting it. And it's not necessarily saying it to their face. Yeah. But it's internally saying, okay, I reject that. And um, the, the other thing you can do, too, is... Um, you know, some people have the ability to channel that energy into their drive. They can say, okay, they think I can't do it. And some people are like, well, I'm going to prove them wrong. I don't think that's the best way to do it. But, you know, if it helps you, it's one way to do it. Um, the, the other thought there is, okay, are they living their dream? If they aren't, they have no authority to tell you how to live yours. And almost certainly they're not, because if they're telling you, you can't do yours, then they don't understand the struggle because boy, you know, it's a struggle. And if someone is coming along into your life saying, oh, you can't do this, blah, 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 blah. Why are you doing this? Are you getting paid? What are your numbers? Blah, blah, blah. Someone that's been through it, like myself, like I can hear those things that are being said to you and that you're going to podcast. And I'm like, hey, like, awesome job. Good job getting it out. Because the thing is with the podcast, it's not about pumping your numbers up. It's about being consistent. It's about being persistent. So I can be over here having, you know, done my own podcast, you know, 50 plus episodes at this point and say, hey, excellent job with the consistency. That's where it matters. And I can be that encouraging voice. Why am I that encouraging voice? I've been through it. I understand it is hard. You don't have an Olympic athlete going to the gym, dissing on the fat person saying, no, you can't do this. You're fat. Are you kidding me? Like, are you actually kidding me? Like, would that ever happen? No, absolutely not. If they'd be at the gym with a fat person, they would be there cheering them on so much. And then that fat person would say, hey, this person, they're an Olympic athlete. They believe in me. I can do this. And it would increase their drive. It would increase their faith in themselves, increase their belief in themselves. Someone that discourages another person's dream does not know the struggle. They do not live their own dream. It's not saying they can't. 
but they're not. It's like that other example I used, someone wanting to be an artist and everyone telling them, no, be an accountant. Are you kidding me? How do, you, how do those two even go together? Some people, sure, they love art and math, great. I kind of do like math myself. I'm not that into accounting, but you know, if you're wanting to be an artist, you almost certainly aren't wanting to be an accountant because, uh, wait for it, you're wanting to be an artist. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it, when you stop and think about it, it just blows your mind how confused people can get on this. And I get the family part. Um, you know, my immediate family that I grew up in, they're not exactly encouraging, but they're not exactly discouraging. They're just kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, my in-laws, <laughs> like, you can't be supporting my daughter. Like, I'm doing that. You don't see it. Can you just get off my case and stop discouraging me? Because I'll, every moment you're discouraging me makes it so I am less ahead. <laughs> You're literally making it harder for me to do the thing you want me to do. Could you just shut your pie hole, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, I get, I get the family part too. <laughs> um, and going back to it, that's where you reject it. In your head, it's not like you're talking with them and they're like, hey, what, what are your numbers like? Are you actually making profit off this? And you reply, I reject what you're saying. <laughs> causes issues. I haven't tested it, but I just know that causes issues. <laughs> but no one knows what you're thinking. So, you know, either in the moment or immediately after you're done talking with them, it's like, I reject that. I reject that. I reject that. And then you reply calmly, nicely, happily with whatever you reply. You're just like, you know, it's my dream. I'm living it. When you start living your dream, talk to me then. <laughs> Maybe that's still a little bit bold for a lot of people to, to say, but <laughs> I mean, even myself, I haven't done that with my in-laws, but the, 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 the point is. You have to make them listen to this episode. They'll <laughs> right. <laughs> just be like, I got a, I got some for you to listen to. <laughs> As you listen to this, remember, you're talking to me about my dream. Now go into this episode with that context. <laughs> um, yeah, the, but the, the point is to stand firm in your belief and to close your mind against the negative influences. And the sad thing is almost always those negative influences are going to be the people closest to you, your family, or the friends you grew up with. The friends you're making now, and this could include some of your friends you grew up with, and I'm not saying that it's mutually exclusive, but the friends you're making now are closer along that path you're going. Yes. Because those are the type of people you're attracting in your life. Oftentimes, we become so attached to the people we've had in our lives, we refuse to let them go and they hold us down as an anchor. Which can be really hard to hear, especially with those good old childhood friends. Because yep. you had so many great memories growing up. You did so many things together. You had so much fun. And now you're on different paths. And boy, that sucks. Yep. 
But the question then becomes, which is more important? Maintaining this relationship with my friend or going after my dream? And you don't always have to pick in between. But like to the complete shutting out, right? But if you are going to go towards your dream and your one friend is kind of keeping you from it, maybe see them a little bit less. And it can be hard. It can be really hard. But you got to ask yourself, what do you desire most? Are you actually wanting your dream? Or is this relationship important enough that's going to affect your dream? And sometimes it is. And sometimes it's for a season that it is. And then after that season's over, it'll be like, okay, yeah, it's time to move on then. And with family, it gets a little bit complicated there. Because <laughs> you're kind of stuck with them. But you can also choose how often you see them sometimes, depending on your circumstances. Sometimes you actually live with them and then you really just got to figure out, okay, how do I do this? And that's where it's like, okay, I reject the negative. I accept the positive. I am happy and, you know, I get along well with them. But I don't have to bring this up at every conversation. And when they bring it up, I can choose where to take the conversation. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another part from your introduction, the vision boards. I'm so much, uh, it's not like, I wanted to really understand how those vision boards work. Like I have been hearing that from almost all the people that I've been talking to. They say like, yes, I have this vision board and they show me the boards and like, yeah, they see it every day. And I'm like, what does that really make you feel? Or like, what is that actually does? So vision board boiled down to its essence is a focal point. Mm, okay. It's a focus point for your goals. Um, it's called a vision board because you visualize what's on it. And when you visualize what's on it, then your brain or, or your subconscious mind, rather, the part that controls like, you know, your breathing without a consciously thinking breathing or your heartbeat without consciously thinking beating heart that part of your mind that is super powerful the vision board is to get those things you want into your subconscious mind so it starts making it just like breathing air oh yeah getting that goal yeah that's just like breathing air oh yeah getting this thing oh yeah that's just like breathing air most things on the vision board only need to be accomplished once. But once it's accomplished, to do it again becomes like breathing air if it gets into your subconscious. Sometimes you only consciously achieve things on your vision board. But where the real magic happens is when you get it through your subconscious or through your conscious mind down into your subconscious mind. That's where the magic happens. So, so like I said, a vision board is a focal point. It's um, you know, a lot of people put them in their bedrooms. I've got mine in my office, you know, just right here in front of me. And I can look at it and be like, okay, own a Yamaha YDP 103 Aria series piano with bench. Okay, that's very specific. That's very focused. I've got a picture of that very model on the vision board. And I can look at it. And then as I close my eyes, I can imagine sitting on that bench and you know, pushing the power button because it's an electric piano and starting to play. 
And when I do that, when you visualize, you're getting into your subconscious because your subconscious is what's controlling your eyeballs. Your eyeballs are seeing. They see the lamp in front of me. They see the picture in front of me. They see your, your video in front of me. They see my video in front of me. They see my laptop. They see my water bottle, my 3D printer to the side, the window in front of me. My eyeballs are perceiving all of this. And I sit back a second, scooch back in my chair, and I can see all of it in front of me at once, but I'm not focused on any particular thing, but my subconscious takes it all in. Mm. If I close my eyes, I can still see it if I imagine it. And I, the light's still coming through the window, so that part's really easy. And then I can imagine the laptop in front of me, and I can imagine the drawers next to me on the side, and I can imagine the blanket on me, and the carpet, and the closet behind me. And I can walk around this entire room in my mind and see what's here. And I open my eyes, and boom, it's all around me, because that's how it is. Now think about this. You do that with things you don't have yet. And you open your eyes and your brain's like, uh, excuse me, where'd that thing go? It was just here a second ago. And that's where the power of visualization starts to kick in. It gets into your subconscious mind. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, I was just visualizing. I was just reclined in my chair and it was a massage chair and it was getting those knots in my lower back. It felt so nice and the heat was on it. And then I open my eyes and it's not happening. And I'm like, excuse me, where's my massage chair? It was just here a second ago. And your subconscious starts working on that. It's like, okay, something's wrong here. We don't have this. We just had it a second ago. Where is it? It starts sending out all these brains, and all these mind signals out into the world. And it's like, excuse me, where'd that massage chair go? It was just here. We need it here now. Where's that piano? I was just playing it. We need it here now. It's throwing out all these mind signals. And then it gets picked up by the stuff around us in the world, in the universe, and the people around us. And things start to happen. Imagine this, you're looking for an apartment. You know, your contract's expiring. You do not want to renew it at the place you're at because it's crappy. Speaking from experience here, oh yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> you want a two bedroom apartment. You want your washer and dryer hookups. You want to be centrally located to where you and your wife work. You want to be close to family. You want to be play, paying a reasonable amount for rent. I think I visualized this a little bit. <laughs> I could describe it more than just a little bit. And we looked and we looked and we looked and we focused on what we wanted. And we didn't necessarily come across what we wanted on any of those sites advertising all the apartments. Um, I don't remember exactly where, but we came across this apartment. We came across it somewhere. Um, and we came into it and we're like, this is exactly what we want. Uh, where did we sign? <laughs> and we were throwing out those mind signals. And the right person, the right you know, thing on the internet popped up, whatever it was. Boom, there it is. When we got here, we wanted washer and dryer because we had washer and dryer hookups now. Okay, throwing out those mind signals. Want to wash and dryer, want to wash and dryer, want to wash and dryer. Less than a month later, here they are, free. Still in good condition. Barely used. Okay, that sounds like my mind is very capable. Sounds like if I get something into my subconscious, I'm going to get it. 
that's what a vision board helps you to be able to get. The vision board itself isn't what does the work. It's getting it into your subconscious mind. Does it has to be something visible or visible to your naked eyes or that you always feel that you are, let's just say, for example, I'm sitting here doing the podcast is what I am thinking for a year or more than that, but I never had any board as such to look at me like I'm sitting on a chair or doing this in this way or whatever. Does it has to be something that you're seeing all the time or does, does it can be like, yeah, what you're continuously thinking and have it in your mind? Um, let me make sure I understand the question. So you're asking if it has to be like a picture or just something that you can imagine? Yes. That's what you're asking? That's a good question. I didn't actually put the apartment on my vision board. I didn't actually put the washer and dryer on my vision board. The washer and dryer ended up on my vision board success journal because I still imagined it and it came out, it came into being. I manifested it, as they say. Um, I, as I've been thinking about it, I should put the apartment in the vision board success finder too, because <laughs> that was a big one. Um, but but I didn't have an exact picture of what the washer and dryer would be. I wasn't mad at imagining the specific model. And what's actually really funny is I ended up with a model of washer that was one or two models different from the one I grew up with. But it was used by an old lady and she was hardly using it. So even though it's older than me, <laughs> it still works fine. Um, and I think that one goes to it's what was the earliest memory in my subconscious of what a washer was. So it's like, okay, yeah, a washer. That's what a washer is. And even though I'd been using a front load, it wasn't. And I'm, I'm totally okay with it. I love it. But you, you don't always have to have a picture with it. Does it make it easier? Absolutely. Is it easier if it's an actual picture instead of just a pencil drawing? Absolutely. There have been plenty of things I've gotten off my vision board that I didn't ever actually put on it. I got a bike. I, we got an apartment. I got a couch. I got um, washer and dryer. You know, there's a handful of other things that after it happens, I'm like, oh, wait a second. This was a vision board success. It didn't end up on the vision board. So technically, it's not a vision board success. It's a, it's a success. But it's worth keeping track of and celebrating. So I'm going to write it down and keep it in my success journal. So it's titled my vision board success journal, but I keep multiple successes in there. And, you know, I'll just write it down, stick it up on the vision board, take it immediately off because it's already done. <laughs> Be like, woohoo, give myself a pat on the back. You're like, oh yeah, this happened. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. and, and it's important to celebrate because that tells your mind, yes, this is good. We want to keep doing this. And the more, like, you don't want to, you know, like throw a huge giant party necessarily for each thing, but get yourself in that emotion of celebration. Maybe it's a quick dance party alone in your room. You're on a happy song. You're just like, yeah, or whatever it looks like. Um, maybe, you know, if you can, it looks like going out to eat and celebrate and say, hey, yeah, I did an awesome thing. Let's go celebrate. Uh, maybe it looks like going on a, you know, a celebratory lap on your bike, you know, 
that helps get your mind going, okay, yes, this is a good thing. We want to keep doing this. It'll prime your mind for more. Um, and I kind of strayed from your question there, but did I answer it? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. My last question, what is power of manifestation? So the power of manifestation is kind of what I've just been explaining there. Um, the vision board helps focus it into you, but it's just moving your subconscious mind in such a way that things happen in your life how you want them to. Um, I think those couple I was just mentioning didn't end up on my vision board. I manifested them nonetheless. Um, it, you know, whether it was a vision board success or not, it was a success. It was a manifestation success. In all honesty, I could rebrand my binder, my vision board success binder to be a manifestation success binder if I cared to. <laughs> <laughs> but it brings up vision boards. So it's it's good to keep it how it is. I, I might change it later. I might not. I'm cool either way. Um, but ultimately, a vision board success is a manifestation success. Because it's saying, okay, here's something I want. Let's have it. And the clearer you can get in your imagining of it, like I was talking about, you know, you're sitting there, your eyes closed, playing the piano, you open your eyes, the piano's not there, and you're like, excuse me, where'd it go? You imagine sitting in your massage chair, and all of a sudden it's not there, you just like, excuse me. Um, the scientific term for that is called cognitive dissonance, where you create a, a disconnect in your brain of a sorts, where you're you feel like you're experiencing this and then you realize you're not and your mind is like um no no we need this <laughs> and starts figuring out how to get it. um like i mentioned i got a 3d printer for that i needed money to get it boom all of a sudden overtime opened up at my work okay cool let's take some overtime save up some money get a 3d printer excellent so, you know, overtime had not been available. And then all of a sudden it was it's like, huh, that, does, that sounds like a coincidence. Or maybe it's not. Maybe my mind made this happen. <laughs> you get some really, really cool stuff when you start using your mind to manifest things into your life. So for those of you listening, um, like she said at the beginning, I am a live your dream coach. And I'm offering some live your dream sessions, you know, for 30 minutes. And at the end of these sessions, you end up knowing what your dream is. We talked about, you know, it often gets buried. So end up knowing what your dream is at the end of this, understanding what challenges are keeping you from getting it. And then at the end of it, you feel renewed, re-energized and recommitted to achieving and manifesting your dream. Um, which is just super cool. It's so awesome at the end of those where you're, you know, you're just so excited and you're ready to go for it. Um, now, I only have seven guaranteed spots in my schedule for this because, you know, busy schedule, but I want to make sure that your listeners have a chance to be able to get on with me so that I can help them out with this. Um, so seven guaranteed spots. Be sure to reach out quickly so you can get one of those. And just reach out at benjamin at starlightmentoring.com. That's my email. Send me a message. I'll list that in the show notes. Excellent. Just say, hey, I heard you on the Journey podcast. I want to get one of those live your dream sessions. You still got any? You'll be like, hey, yeah, let's see. Here's spot number 
four. Excellent. Let's go. Um, so yeah, I get one of those seven guaranteed spots. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is just to make sure you know it is possible to live your dream. Um, I told that sad story earlier of how so many people get shut down throughout life. The great thing is, while you're still living, while you're still kicking and breathing, you can live your dream. It takes decision, it takes commitment, it takes persistence, it takes desire, it takes belief and faith. It takes a lot of stuff. But if you just have the desire and you can nurse that desire and get it into a burning passion, man, you're good to be able to get that. You know, however long it takes, it takes. We're not in charge of the germination period. We're in charge of planting the seed and keeping it going. But you could totally live your dream. And you know, just to leave it on that note and just say it is possible. Nurse that desire. Get it going. And it'll move you through mountains to get to your dream. Okay, thank you for tuning in. And you can find me on all the socials at Smitha Gunturi and the show notes for any resources mentioned. See you next week. Take care.